0: Welcome to this week's episode of uh, Golfing Secrets. It's uh, it's been a while. Uh, I've uh, things have I suppose life has really got in the way over the last uh, few weeks. So uh, this is the first podcast in probably quite a few weeks now. So um, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, lots and lots to talk about. And uh, to kick things off, uh, we're going to talk a bit about the uh, the Ryder Cup. So uh, let's get into the episode. So, the big question is this, how do regular golfers like us, who have jobs, families and very little spare time, how do we improve our golf and lower our handicaps? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Paul Gray, welcome to Golfing Secrets. Well, what a week, or in fact, what a last couple of weeks. Europe absolutely smashed America, and uh, they simply didn't know what to do started off with uh, the Solheim Cup the uh, ladies version of the Ryder Cup and um uh, my new favorite female golfer uh, Caroline Headwall absolutely stood up to it and um and showed what real passion and determination means she only played one of the team matches and uh, and then the singles and just came absolutely out on top with sort of three or four holes to go. I think she was three behind with four to go. Um came back to level it and then won it on the uh, on the 18th hole to to really give moment, uh, momentum to Europe. And um and then for uh, Carlotta Seganda to to hold the final putt, uh the the, the Spanish in the the Spani- Spaniard in the side to win the the Solheim Cup with a putt uh in Spain. You couldn't have uh, you couldn't have written it better, um, but for me, you know, the, the one that really the really sort of stood out was Caroline Hedwell. What a performance! Um, and as I say, my new uh, my new favourite female golfer um, uh, is, uh, is is Caroline. Um, that then also uh, sort of I suppose put a bit of pressure on the on the men to uh, to come up and, and do the goods in in the Ryder Cup. Uh, which has happened just over the weekend uh, and just before the the men kicked off uh, the juniors uh, also won and uh, be, beat america so it was uh, it was two and uh going into the uh, the men's event and what what a weekend um to say that europe got off to a, a good start would would have been an understatement um you know four nil after the first session was was just uh unbelievable and i don't think I don't think they could have sort of. I don't think anybody would have necessarily predicted that. Um, I, I, for one, I felt I felt it was going to be close, um, uh, which it didn't t- turn out to be in the end. But um, I do think that the scoreline, although you know it finished sixteen and a half, eleven and a half to Europe, I don't think that scoreline really tells the true story. Sure. You know europe got off to um a really good start in the uh in the team uh parts in the foursomes and in the four balls and um you know i don't think you sort of saw any other result coming after that but then you get to those singles and that final day and at one point you know midway through certainly it was looking quite good for america and and we were starting to 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 miss putts just miss putts off the edges burn a lot of the edges of the holes and um, it certainly looked as though, you know, America were in the India ascendancy um, at that point. But then again, it, it, there, there were one or two sort of turnaround matches. All of a sudden, it's, it's amazing how, how difficult it is to close out matches. And, you know, an, the, a number of the um, American players were sort of free up with with, you know, sort of, you know, eight or nine holes to go. Um, and but the Europeans didn't go away they kept sort of chipping away and, and made it really really sort of tight for them um, you've even got to look at you know you look at the first match with Rahman and Scheffler you know two best players in the world potentially with Hovland probably being in there uh, in, in the mix for that uh, that sort of title really I suppose but um you know it was it was going Scheffler's way it then sort of went tiptoed back and forth uh, you were up obviously to sort of right from the first hole to be honest but then we got through to holes sort of 12 and 13 and and john Ryan managed to get both of those ones back but then gave away the next two holes to to uh to scheffler um which left it all square it stayed all square for 16 and 17. 16 has to be my hole of the week um you know talk about risk and reward par par four you know they they the majority, well, in fact, everybody was sort of going for it. There were one or two are having to lap a little bit shorter, like Sir Brian Harmon. But even Brian Harmon hit the green um, uh, or got close to it uh, on uh, on the last sort of day. But um, it uh, it just goes to show that you know you don't have to have necessarily long holes to make it entertainment, um, to make it really entertaining. Uh, that that par four, and in fact, they had a number of par fours that were you know, were, were short and, and drivable almost. So it really, it really sort of heightened the, the whole entertainment of the of the Vida Cup. And I think um, we could sort of take a lot from that. Uh, and also, you know, we all talk about having longer courses or the courses getting longer because of the distance, you know, people are driving it. But actually, you know, having some of those shorter holes really made the made for the event made the event you know that that much better in in my in my opinion and um so with that first match you know being tied Ram winning it on the eighteenth to to um to uh to tie the match was just was astounding um but all the way throughout the singles to to me you know America were in the ascendancy and then they they seemed to sort of switch off and and, and make Make some lots of silly mistakes. Um, I can't remember the player who uh, it was on the 16th tee. I think he was. Was he one up? He might have been one up. Um, <clears throat> looked like he was gonna, you know, sort of go on to to sort of win it because the player who was playing against from Europe, which was oh, who was it? Who was it? Um, I think it might have been Fitzpatrick. He you know carved it off into the water uh, on 16, and then. You know his the, his his opponent in um, um, who was his opponent? It was um, uh, Max Homer. That was it. So so Max Homer, the best <laughs> the best player for the week in the American side. You know he did win the match, but talk about put himself under pressure in the in the la- in the second nine. You know Fitzpatrick carved it off right into the water on sixteen, and then Homer, all he had to do was 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 literally sort of hit wall down the down the fairway and 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 then in effect make a make a par um to put pressure on fitzpatrick but he carved it into the water as well and there, there was a lot of those sorts of decisions that i thought the americans made lots of little decisions they made that really impacted their ability to get the job done and um but overall that the, the thing that really hurts the the us side is is there the team? The team matches, the four balls and the foursomes, they just don't seem to quite have that. I don't know if it's an American mentality or or what it is, but it seems that for them, it's all about them and their individual. They don't really play for the team. Well, that's what it that's what it feels like uh, when you know they're in the, the the team events. Rather than them, you know, having a bad hole or getting a double bogey or something, they still always go for it when their partner maybe has a better opportunity to win the hole and and it sometimes puts them into trouble um but i think you know you, you can't you can't get away from the fact that you know the the european side was so well prepared they'd spent a lot of time together certainly in the run-up to it and and that was the big thing you know the americans since the uh, fedex cup finished you know hadn't really sort of got together much um, some of them decided they weren't going to go to the course in the run-up to it. it you know, I think it was uh, Scheffler and um, uh, not Scheffler, Shoffley and uh, Cantley. You know, decided so didn't didn't want to make the trip to uh, to Marco Simone in the run-up to um, to playing the event. And I think it, it looked as though there was a there was a lot of rust there um, for them, certainly in some of the decisions they were making, um, and it just. It just felt that they were never going to get back into it after those singles, although they had a good run of it, um, sorry, after the um, the four balls and foursomes. It just never looked as though they were going to get back into it, except for that one point in the singles. <laughs> so you can never count them out because they are usually so strong. But I think the the overriding overriding view for me was, was that you know, Europe were just so much better prepared in everything they did, absolutely everything they did. Uh, and America just simply weren't up for it. It was almost like they were there just for the jaunt. And then, of course, there was all the controversy around you know, being being paid to play uh, in the Ryder Cup. I mean, you know, these guys are getting to play in, in the number one golf event, and, and you know, they, don't, they don't pay for anything when they go. You know, all, all, everything's paid for them and, and done for them. You know, they're, they're sort of wrapped in cotton wool throughout the whole time um so to then be sort of suggesting or suggestions potentially coming out that you know they should be paid to play just is is so ridiculous that um you know and and it just shows the mentality for for the american side and for a lot of the players not all of them but certainly for some of them and um i think um it just just goes to show that you know the european side you know they're playing for for the win they're playing for Europe they're playing for the continent they're they're not playing for themselves they're playing for each other and and that for me is the real overriding sort of um, uh, thing that that makes the difference and it's it's proven again this this time round now when it comes to the next one in two years time there's obviously calls for um for Luke Donald to uh, to to remain in, in in place and and try to sort of do it on American soil, and we know for a fact, given all the controversy around Cantley and the hat off and his and his caddy uh, Joe Lacava, um, you know, harassing sort of not harassing but getting in in McElroy's way when he's trying to putt, and you know, there, there's a lot of bad feeling there, and um, I think that. You know the European crowd. They're, they're crowd. They're respect. They're respectful. They certainly get on the cases of of the uh, of the opposition of of USA, and they give them a lot of grief. But they're very respectful in the way that they do it. When Europe goes to as a Beth Page Black in two years' time, you can guarantee the crowd will be a lot a lot harsher and a lot more direct and um, dare I dare I say it, nasty. Um, you know that that's, natu- that's it's in their nature. That's the way they will be. You've just got to look at you know look at history in terms of what what things have happened previously. So I think certainly looking forward to that one. Whether or not Donald will be the captain again, I don't know. Do you, do you, as as someone who's had a, an amazing win when two years ago we didn't think we stood a chance of winning um, winning the next Ryder Cup. To 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 have it turn around, have a lot of players come to. Um, come to the to their peak and it just you know it just really just goes to show he's done such a fantastic job, but he's won it he's sort of almost ticked that box so does he does he then go with it and try to to retain it in the states that for me would be the the, the biggest um achievement um you know what they've done this this week was amazing, but i think you know, it really only goes to show if, if the team's that good, if they can do it in America, um, given the strength and the crowd, and and there's no doubt the crowd has a big influence on on the match. You know, you, you can hear it all around, the, the way the big cheers go up when Europe does something, um, or wins a hole, or, or, or whatever it is. It just gives it gives them this that thirteenth man for them, and um, it's certainly going to be uh, an interesting watch. Um, and can't wait for that one but that's 2 years off so there's a lot more good golf to come in in, in other areas um but um that's it I'm not going to talk too much about the the paying, uh being paid to play thing really i think that's something that will just rumble on you know from a european perspective i don't see that changing and in america does it change i i doubt it um I just can't see it um, at the end of the day you know usa's got Got a bit of an uphill battle, but we said about we said this about Europe two years ago, and um, <clears throat> they've certainly got the resources to be able to do it. Whether or not they've got the mentality and the approach to do it is another thing, and there'll be a lot of questions asked of the team, the players, and and obviously Zach Johnson. Um, and um, you know we'll we'll have to wait and see. So um, so that's uh, that's it for the European team golf this year. Um, uh, next year we have we've got the fortunate because um, the ladies and the men were played in the same year due to sort of the COVID situation. Um, next year it means we've got Solheim Cup again, so Europe go to America, um, <clears throat> which will be a much tougher tougher proposition um, in the states for them. Not sure where that is, but um, we'll, we'll cover that in in a in a, in a podcast later on. Um, well, probably in a, in a year or so's time but um, um, yeah, looking forward to that looking towards events and it's now really a case of sort of focusing on obviously there's some other events going on I think there's the Sanderson's uh, event in the States this week um, but obviously we've got the DP World Tour um, all the, the final uh, tournaments to come up to see who'll be European number one you know will McElroy sort of stay there? Hovland may well be on his on his coattails in that respect, so it's going to be interesting to sort of see how that pans out and we'll, we'll cover some of that stuff over the next few weeks but uh, but going forward, um, I've, I've talked briefly about some of the changes that we're going to be making to to the podcast and um, what uh, I'm looking to sort of do going forward. And I want to continue doing the podcast. Um, hopefully it gives some value to, to, to those that listen or some entertainment. And um, but I'm going to really try and focus over the, over the coming sort of certainly over the next few months. Um, we're going to really focus more on the things that we can all do to improve our games. That's the reason why I started a podcast. It was to to. You know, offer a bit of entertainment and some some insight into into sort of the golf world in general. But 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 it's really the focus is about helping people to improve. And you know, I'm doing a lot of things to, to try and improve my golf. Um, this year has been a has been quite a tough year from a golfing perspective for me. Um, uh, I, I've, I've I've sort of maintained my handicap and stayed as it was, but it certainly it crept up a little bit, and then of recent things have things have sort of turned around, turned around a little bit, and I'm probably playing some of the best golf that I've I've played in in a while, and it's down to a number of different things, and and over the coming weeks I'm going to cover off a lot of the things that I'm doing, and um, so that others can perhaps sort of take um, take some of the some of the some of the tips and some of the hints of the things I've been doing to improve my golf. So um, f- for this week, I'm just going to talk about um, <clears throat> there's two or three things that I'm going to be focusing on, certainly as we go into the winter months, because we're not that far off getting into the time of year when, you know, courses perhaps aren't as uh, as, n- as nice to be playing on. You know, it starts to get a little bit muddy and a bit boggy in places, depending on where you're playing. and. Uh, so I'm going to focus on the things that I'm doing to to really improve how I play, and, and that comes into three sort of categories, really. So uh, the first thing is I, is I, I need to lose, I do need to lose a little bit of weight. Um, if I could lose half a stone or even a stone, would really would really help me just from a, a general fitness perspective. You know, I'm getting to that age. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm i'm over 45 i won't say how many years over 45 i am Um, in fact i'm over 50 getting into i'm in my early 50s now so I, i need to be really conscious of of continuing to to stay healthy stay fit and healthy and to try and improve my fitness um specifically for golf now um i've I've written a book before um, I think I've mentioned it on the on the podcast before um, which is all to do with um, flexibility and that would be one thing I will certainly be continuing through the winter and if you're if you're interested to find out a little bit more about about sort of getting flexible and being more flexible because it is certainly one of the strengths that I have um, then if you just go to our, our main website how to com, and um, on the front page there's uh, the first the first um, thing you'll see is um, is the book that uh, that, I've, that I that I wrote for that. Um, <clears throat> we're going to have a little bit of a an offer coming up, you know, in the run up to in the run up to Christmas uh, for that. Um, but I've also got another book that um, that I'm starting to starting to write, and it's um, really focuses on one aspect of the game that that I feel anybody can improve on absolutely anybody can improve on and can drop shots off their rounds save strokes on their rounds significantly Um, it's going to be aimed predominantly at golfers who have handicaps of you know 12 to 15 and and, and above um, because for those um, that level of handicap you can really take advantage of, of uh, what's going to be in the the book that I'm pulling together so that that's sort of coming up and I'm hoping to have that done certainly by the end of uh, november um but um we'll we'll definitely be ready for the start of the new year but um it's taken quite a while to get there um I've been working on it now for ooh, for probably a good seven eight nine months now nine months now and it's sort of starting to come together there's been lots of different sort of drafts and versions of it and it's it's really something that I'm really passionate about and um, along with the fitness is something that everybody will be able to to improve in their golf game particularly if you're a, a slightly higher handicapper of you know sort of 12 12 to 15 or, or, or above um, and you know you can it can really help you to either you know, if you're if you're a 12 handicap, you, you can use it to to get you down that that last few, maybe get into the single digits. If you're a 20 handicapper, then it's about getting you down into that sort of 15 to 16 sort of handicap range, um, and ultimately saving anywhere from three to five shots around as a minimum. Um, So um, so there's a little bit more on that to come. I'm not going to give too much details on on that now, and and I'll talk more about it as we go through the following uh, the next few sort of podcast episodes. Um, So so from my own perspective, say lose a little bit of weight, continue doing the flexibility, um, which in turn does sort of help to increase swing speed. We all know that increased swing speed. Typically means you know you can drive the ball further if you're driving the ball further It means you're hitting shorter irons into greens and that's always got to be a good thing so there is going to be a big focus on on increasing my swing speed and um, and that's something that I've 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 not really focused on recently um, and it's something I do want to try and focus on certainly through the next few months as um as sort of winter hits and and you know you can't get out on the golf course quite as much you know there's going to be a big element of uh, of work done on that increasing the swing speed uh, there's a number of different approaches that I'm looking to take for that um, and um, <coughs> uh, we'll we'll be talking about that in say coming up coming up episodes but um, just uh, as a sort of I suppose a little bit of a taste of some of the things that I've, I've sort of tried and, and been trying recently and I just want to highlight <coughs> Um, a a training course that I I actually um, paid for it's an online training course which was to do with you know how to how to stop slicing the ball basically was what the uh, what the training was about and um, it's from a guy called Hank Haney who's coached a lot of the top players you know the likes of woods and and, and others and um, he He's got this uh, this course. It's part of a thing called performance um, golf, and it's to do with stopping stopping that slice, which is something that that the majority of of uh, amateur golfers you know struggle with, uh, particularly if you're getting a little bit older. Um, you know, it's naturally what people will tend to do. So um, I did I did that bit of online training. And um, I may, I may post a link for the uh, for the course um, on one of these social platforms. Um, <clears throat> I may even put it into this one, um, but it's it's something that it's, it's, it was a it was one of these things. I thought I'd give it a try. You know, you can buy these things on a bit of a trial and give them a go and see see how they are, and then if you don't like them, you can you can you, know, you can get a refund. But I can tell you one thing: I'm certainly not going to get a refund on this one. Um, uh, so you, if you search for one slice fix with um, with Hank Haney and um, you'll, you'll you'll come across it but to, to say it was an eye opener I wouldn't say it was things that I didn't know but it was the way he approached it and the way he taught it um, in terms of how to how to hit those drawers um, and also to know what are the main causes when you don't hit those drawers and you, you slice it out to the right and left it ultimately, it comes down to one thing, which is the fact is that your club face is open. In comparison to your club path, so, you know, if your club path is straight and your face is one degree open, the ball is going to carve right. That's that's the, the premise of it. But it's getting to understand that and, and know what you can do to stop that from happening and square that face of the impact. And that's what the training is all about and um i can't sorry, i can't recommend it highly enough i don't get i don't get paid i'm not on any commission um for it but it just um is it's, it's just just incredibly it's been so effective you know i did the training and literally the first shot i hit on the on the range after doing it i had that right to left right to left uh ball flight and um it was yeah was, was quite something. So highly recommended. Um, <clears throat> um I'll stick a link on one of the socials somewhere, but you can just search for one slice fix, Hank Haney, and that will come up with uh, with the uh, with the training. Give it a try. Um something I certainly so c- certainly recommend. Um <clears throat> and then um other than that um you know as I say I've got d- a new book coming out and uh, that'll be coming out a little bit later on in the year. Um, so the main focus for me is going to be losing that weight, increasing my swing speed, um, and, and maintaining the flexibility. They're the sort of three core things I'm doing, plus the fourth thing which is in the book. So um, that will be coming up over the, over the coming sort of uh, podcast episodes really. And um, that's where we're going to leave it for today. So um, um, I just really wanted to cover off and, and say a big well done again to, uh, to Europe uh, for winning Solheim European uh, Ryder Cup and uh, and also the junior Rider Cup and uh, Onwards to Beth page black um, Interesting to see what happens at Sanderson's this week um, Haven't really sort of taken much of a look at that this week everything's been focused on on Ryder Cup to be honest um, so um, <clears throat> Let's see what happens uh, from the American side what I can do to to get that uh, to get the cup back and um that's it for this week then. So as always, if you've got any value from this or or you found, found it entertaining at all, then please just share the episode with at least one golfer. Um, i like to help as many golfers as possible. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, you can post any questions or comments in the Q&A section. If not, you can send any comments or feedback to feedback at howtopractice.com. Um, I'm going to continue to try and publish episodes on a weekly basis and uh, i'd love if you really sort of start to to grow this uh, this community um that's it thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch up with everybody next time thanks all